Rewind has Midnight Texas, a series saved by its legion of female fans for a second season. I look back on the series as they started that second season at San Diego Comic-Con. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore humanity. Let's begin. I sat in on the round tables at San Diego Comic-Con, and to start us off is Jason Lewis, who is Fallen Angel Joe Straw. So you're back, and there's some changes in town. There are some changes in Midnight. Like a new hotel. A new hotel, and they didn't ask our permission. <laughs> I wouldn't mess with a Midnighter and just start doing things. And there's some new players this season. There's a demon-hunting human who comes on into town. The cowboy who's got himself some uh, good old rigs to rip out some demon hearts, and I think Joe's finding that intriguing. Well, I think that this, you know, Joe spent millennia hiding from a creature that wants to destroy him in Bowie, another angel, and uh, has suppressed a lot of who he is. And so I think he's going to have to go through some identity issues. More on Midnight Texas from San Diego Comic-Con in a moment. A journalist noted that Joe is hot and heavy with this new character. Well, I think that that's damn good writing if it creates problems on down the road. Let's yeah. only let's hope there's problems on down the road. The, the essence of any good storytelling is yeah. conflict. Yeah. So yeah, there's going to be some conflict in season two, and not just with Joe. There's going to be some conflict in Midnight. Season two has a new vibe. You know, in season uh, one, we had, you know, the inevitability of Cole Kinnar and then bringing in kind of your big bads of the week. Uh, now we've got people invading Midnight and trying to figure out who amongst them is out to do us harm. Joe Strong has some issues as Jason gives us his insights. Joe, is, in the way that the character Joe's been written for Midnight, you know, he was created to fight and hunt demons. It's like integral to your nature. It's like asking a human being not to breathe oxygen. I think that in terms of a, like an identity crisis, certainly he's going to have to explore what is his place in the world. But also he's in a relationship with a half demon. And so, you know, there is a real conflict of interest. But I think in a lot, like a lot of relationships, sometimes we have those relationships to avoid answering something in ourselves. What about approaching him any differently this season. I got to dive in deeper because I had more sense of where they were going and what it, the character needed. Ultimately, if you're doing your job, you're not doing yourself, you're serving a story. And the story is the thing that's important here, advocating for the character and what the needs of the story uh, for that character are. So I have more to run with. And, you know, Joe spent a lot of last season having a secret. And secrets are very hard to activate. You sit back and you don't say anything. So I have a lot more active presence in uh, what Joe has to do this season. When did you uh, kind of get the, uh, the feeling that you had pretty much had found this guy as a character? I spend an enormous amount of time writing backstory for myself. Uh, it's something I like to do I, uh, before season one. And like I imagine what was it that attracted Joe to humans. What was his first interaction with the human? I, I wrote a story about, you know, seeing a woman who was like pre-native tribe, like the Anasazi people, and watching herself sacrifice to save some children and stepping in to stop that from some wolves. Things like that, and that the idea that there's a nobility in humanity that wasn't necessarily presented to him because he was just served up to fight and destroy. And so, 
as much as I can get disappointed in humanity, which I think all of us have that aspect, that there's an incredible wonder to us as well. So I kind of embraced him fast for that. It took a second to hone down, like, where do you focus on uh, if you are an eternal being? And so I started with one of those maps of the universe where it's like, and here's all of the, the civilization and the earth, you know, billions of years of the universe, and then there's this little blip of us. And I then went through, like, the major events of human history and just started letting those inform, like, how would I feel about those things? I mean, this is a character who lived through the Renaissance. Maybe he got drunk with Michelangelo. There's... A lot of options there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's fun. I, I just hope that I get years to play him and keep exploring that, and the writers just keep giving me really fun stuff to do. It's great when an actor pulls from history in developing his character. Yeah, and you know, like I said, I love stories that advocate for us as human beings and what we all go through in those lonely hours and in dark rooms. And I see somebody waving uh, in those lonely hours in dark rooms, and I think, you know, Midnight really delivers on that. It's a show that lets you know you're not alone while entertaining the hell out of you. Next up are the new married couple in the series, Lemuel Bridger, played by Peter Mensa, and Olivia Charity, played by Ariel Cabell. Olivia got a new dress this year. I'm very excited about my dress this year. It's very different than last year. Last year was like a whole black spiky thing going on. This year, I'm like, well, I was a little bit of a devil last year, so why don't I try and be an angel okay. this year? Oh, God, we were just talking about dresses. Go away. You know, I actually could psychically know that you were talking about dresses. Of course. <laughs> it's funny how that works. The show does that to you. <laughs> um, anyways, I'm excited about it, but it's very different than last year. So well, you'll have to tell me what you think. They chat about their interesting yet complex relationship. So what's, uh, what's that going to be like? She's the boss. <laughs> it's been clearly established. Um, and it's going to be challenging. I mean, you know, she married a guy that's dead. Yeah. It's very tricky. <laughs> but you're not, like, cold, which no. is good for no. snuggling. I think, and I think, you know, the natural challenges of exploring a character and as, as they change, as their relationship evolves, and we just have the complication that we're just not normal. So it, it's We're not a normal couple. We're not a normal couple, but we'll have normal issues. So this is fun, right? As viewers know, Lem saved Olivia by giving her his blood. But will that have consequences we haven't seen as yet? It's not like a normal transfusion. The, um, one of the challenges in, in drinking vampire blood is it actually provides a psychic connection between the two, where Lem um, is now bound in you know unnatural ways. So he can um, feel her thoughts and emotions around situations. And sometimes that's a wonderful thing when, you know, if she happened to need a back rub, he knows. And sometimes it is. And when, if she, um, if he misinterprets a feeling, for instance, um, or inter misinterprets a desire, and it's not what she wants, and also she just wants space. I mean, all of us, you know, it's great to be a couple, but you want to be able to do your own thing. Listen, she was an assassin, Oops. and she still is an assassin. And now this guy's come along, stolen her heart, and now they're married, and now he's trying to race in on her assassin hits and save the day, and she's like, back off. I got this. This is a problem. 
right? <laughs> I think part of it is also too, you know, it's 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 the vulnerability the, as a vampire, the the blood desire is overpowering when you're hungry. Every part of that link. So the link itself, it's hard for him emotionally to disconnect from what he feels. So as she feels something, it's hard for him to say, I know that she can handle it. The first thing he does is dive in, and then she whacks him on the head, and he says, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. Ariel Cabell and Peter Mensa talking if Olivia will get more invested in Lem in season two. I think you'll have to watch the show. Oh, well, you know. But that's part of the challenge, right? Yeah. Is how do you navigate it? How do you navigate something like this? She definitely goes through a journey. A, being married for the first time ever. She repeats that on the show often, saying, I never thought I would get married. I never thought I was the marrying type, you know. So, so she's dealing with A, the learning learning to be married and then B learning what the psychic connection is right. and how do you navigate through that especially when it doesn't look, look like there's an end date on how to cut it you know that's a real struggle so and how do you remain close and loving to someone when you're going through such a like right. challenging time and there will be more on Olivia this season but season two, we do get more into Olivia's backstory, into family, um, which obviously brings up a lot of emotion for her, a lot of loss, but also leads to ultimately healing. And and the reason I said affects our relationship is because, you know, I think there's some really beautiful moments that you are, are coming where Olivia has to ask herself, how much of the old life matters versus what I'm putting time and energy into the new life that she's creating with Lim and at midnight. And those are some really hard uh, questions she asks herself, but I think that it's, um, it's going to be some like beautiful moments to work through uh, for season two yeah. right, for her character. Joining us next are Dylan Bruce, who is Bobo Winthrop, and Parisa Fitzhenley, who plays Fiji Kavanaugh. Will they be together this season? Oh, yeah. So yeah, together. Like big time together. Woo. Like, can't get enough of each other together. <laughs> like, yeah. sickening. It's it's gross. Yeah. yeah, we love it. It's really it's really cute, though. It's really sweet. It's just, like, they're so in love, and they're just, like, that, you know, that young couple that are first kind of exploring their love for each other, and they finally get together, and it's just they can't get enough of each other. It's really sweet. It is sweet. I mean, if you can imagine, like, they're, they were best friends, so yeah. there's a massive foundation to this yeah. relationship. But you've always loved him, though. Always you've, loved you, him. You've always well, loved that's him. the thing. It's like love on top of love, uh-huh. and yeah. it's really beautiful. Mm. But then, of course, it's midnight. So he always loved her too. He just didn't think he was good enough for her. He thought she was out of his league. He even tells her that at the end. Yeah, when he's trying to court her before Colcanar can, yeah. can, can get her. That's right, I yeah. Am out of his yeah, totally. Still is. No, you're yeah. still is. No, you're yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean we we. We see how that love then becomes threatened, um, and and it becomes very important to figure out why why that is. Yeah, Bobo's oblivious to the fact, but of course Fiji Holmes over here, she understands something is going on. 
right away and it's actually it's all I, I call it final destination Bobo is like the first half of the season like all these weird things start happening to him he's just like oh oh no no big deal what's what what are you talking about Feech that, that's it's it's everything's fine and you're like no Bobo something's, something's up. up yeah and and you know when we find out what is up I mean, as as just an actor reading this, I'm like, what is happening? Yeah, oh my God. and it's really sweet and actually sad at the same time. So it's it's yeah, it's really cute. Sometimes it's funny. Yeah, like, funny. It's, like it's it's just it's very very rich what they what the writers um, created for yeah. for Bobo and Fiji. It's just a really amazing journey that is like up and down and up and down mm-hmm. and very yeah. much a roller coaster. There's a lot of layers on this series, and upon multiple viewings, you can catch so much more. Oh, you're gonna get even, oh, more, even more of that, of that this here. season. Yeah, yeah, way more Easter eggs and stuff like that yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, there'll definitely be some little things yeah. hidden. Any secrets left between the two? Not re- really. I don't think so. He told her about his family. They know he knows they're they're bad people. Yeah. He, he, we blew up the gold bars and all the guns. You can't blow up gold bars, though. We blew them up. You can't blow up gold they bars. They were incinerated in the flames. So somewhere in the town are some melted, <laughs> like melted gold bars gold. that will still be valuable. It doesn't and matter. Bubba's still rich. He bought the bar, That's the cartoon true. saloon. He's got Lem bouncing for him and Joe tending bar. And he's doing his, like, I'm doing my thing. thing. And I'm, and... I'm kind of like Sam Malone in Cheers now, too. Like, like literally, I'm giving Lem advice about his marriage and Joe advice about what he should do with his life now. It's, it's really cool. I like the dynamics between all the characters this season. It just seems like the writing is so strong. It's really good. That each character, if you separate them, they could each have their own show. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we all had our like canon episodes last year. We don't have that this year, which is nice because it's, you know, you're jumping around and you get, you know, a, a glimpse of your favorite character in each episode and the story moves really fast and, and really efficiently and really well it's yeah. just a fun show it's gonna be just a really wait fun that's just all wait. i have to say like it's i think what's gonna happen is we everything will appeal to the people who've already loved midnight but i think because as the show has evolved and expanded it's going to like i think the audience is also going to end up expanding because it includes even more things than the first season could have um and it's just it's beautiful we still have the same like beautiful goodwill behind the scenes that we had before um, but we have we have fresh blood fresh ideas and um, I'm very proud of it very excited they talk about the impact of social media on the series um, I am ter- I, I, I like don't even do social media anymore well I love it I mean I love just keeping in touch with everybody but I you know I hadn't thought about like how it can be incorporated and that like makes me go like ooh is there stuff to like obviously like as a character sometimes I comment on Fiji I'm like could I draw some things from the interwebs into the story I don't know but um, but I, I know that we'll keep in touch because honestly the fans um, via social media I think were a massive reason why we're still yeah. on yeah, the air um, yeah. and, and, and on a personal level I can just say that like I'm going to get all emotional sorry like it really means a lot the, the love and care and um interest in the story that we created that um that we've gotten from the fans of midnight it's the yummiest 
yummiest group of people and I absolutely adore them and they're really the biggest reason that I want to do this show Um, among other reasons but like the biggest reason is like I just feel like we have this massive family I feel like they're literally midnighters and it makes me very happy the fans watch over them. They do. Mm-hmm. They really, yes. They do. Watch out. We're watching out for you. It's true, and I hope that we watch out for everybody else. What we did for this show. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazon? Yes, yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a difference. And, and I think the thing is, with Midnight, there's so much real-life stuff that we reflect um, in a genre way. And, and the actors on the show really care what's going on in the world right now. Mm-hmm. So our interactions with, with fans will continue to be ones in which we hopefully have the fans' backs as well. You know, talking about that, like, love is love. And, and that, especially in times where, that are so divided, that we need to find a way to be united in our differences. And so it's a real joy to be able to interact from this context. Bravo. Yeah, absolutely. You can actually buy the series Midnight Texas at Apple TV, Google Plus, Vudu, on Amazon Plus, and also Peacock Premium. And gift-giving time is definitely here. We're almost approaching that home stretch. Sci-Fi Talk Plus makes a great gift for those who maybe got a phone or getting a phone for this holiday season. And it's not only for you. It's also for your friends or family. There's over 800, almost 900 episodes now, commercial-free, uncut, and even special podcast programs. Best part about it, it's free. Click on the link in the show notes for free lifetime access. This is Tony Tolado.